2: Powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with Black & Gold Production Sports Media Company, this is Season 5, Episode 238 of the Black & Gold Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Arvin, alongside host Heather Ingerson. We do have a huge show today. But um, to start off, I really want to touch on our, our Patreon account. I um, Maybe if you guys don't listen to the whole program to the end where you hear all this good stuff, but we do have a Patreon account. It's a dollar per episode. When you get involved in this, you get um, you en- you're entered into uh, a prize pool every week for a Bruins-related item. Plus, you get uh, you are eligible for a, um, a hand-signed uh, Boston Bruins jersey from a current player or alumni. So please check it out. Details are right there. Uh, that's for the YouTube listeners. But please go to Patreon.com/slash Block and Gold Hockey Podcast for the audio listeners and uh we would certainly appreciate that heather what's up nothing what's up good sunday (laughs) sir yes yeah it was it was a week let's put it that way
0: to talk about a whole other team than we did just seven short days ago (laughs) Ah, a totally different team
2: what a what a whirlwind of emotions that the boston bruins went through but we will talk about it all in this episode we will break everything down as much as possible because it was a roller coaster ride i'll tell you but before we get into the hockey talk i do want to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag betonline.ag has the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline.ag Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, PGA Golf, the 2021 Summer Olympics, and all your UFC and MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next baseball pitch or the next gold medal received in the 2021 Summer Olympics, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sideline anymore, folks. Get in on the action at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's C L N S50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, <laughs> let's get right into this madness, Heather Ingerson. Okay.
0: So before I thought we got totally into the nitty-gritty, I thought to myself, what a mo it's been an emotional week, right? So I thought that maybe we could do a little before we get into it, just three words that kind of describe your state as a Bruin. I wrote down my three. I'm sure you can see them. They're in my notes, but what about you Mark? Name three real emotions that you have had this week or are clinging to at this moment. Mine's a combination of both. Go ahead my friend, talk about it.
2: Um crazy, shocked, and proud. Three basic words and I'll tell you why. Crazy because yes. it was a it was a freaking whacked out week. It was up down. I I I I was all over the place uh, and I couldn't it, my mind was in a pretzel, let's put it that way. The other one, let's I'll just, I'll just go to Proud. Um, I already forgot my second choice. Um, but this team is, doesn't look like last year's, where where everybody was like, oh, we need to reconstruct this, we need to do this, and we need to do that. I believe some of these uh, issues were addressed and, and and aggressively addressed, let's put it that way. So, I mean, your fourth line is now just... Sean, you reconstructed everything, so we'll talk about the uh, the departures and so on. But yeah, it was uh, it was uh, definitely a week for um, and uh, shocked. That's the word. Mm-hmm. It was a shocking week because I didn't think that he would be this aggressive. Um, but you got to give nods to Don Sweeney, Boston Bruins general manager. Good draft, good free agency, good off season so far. Hopefully, the regular season coming up is the same. Good, good, good.
0: So to just to curtail off of that before I say my three. That's the thing though is I mean I was joking earlier when I tweeted earlier in the week like I I can't I can't help but get worried. The more you change, the more things stay the same. That being said, I I definitely surprised was my number one. Um, because I've never, or I rarely have seen this front office this aggressive in the first few days of the off season in many, many years. I mean, I would point back to probably 2006 when Chara and Savad came in, bam, bam, yeah. like this, and that started kind of an avalanche of really changing. Um, unlike last year, I certainly do not feel like, oh God, like whole, 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 you know, like, I'm not sure if we necessarily addressed all the needs we needed, but I think that we definitely aren't worse for the wear. I just don't know if we're better yet, but the only time will tell that, right? So I'm not, I'm surprised that we were this active, like, and that has nothing to do with Krejci. I do have to say, obviously, I'm sad because even though we knew David Krejci may go home and play, we didn't know if he actually was. So that makes me a little sad. It makes me a little sad to just like, you know, like I said, it's like being ghosted by a longtime lover. It's like, he didn't totally ghost us and we knew it might be coming. The signs were all there, but still, until it happens, you can't really start thinking of that like you know, so I spent a little bit of the week sad thinking, Oh good. So we never had second line wingers and now we have no second line center. Great. you know." So are we
2: um, transitioning into this right now or
0: we're going to do that in one second. I also want to say I was a little confused because given the whole, everyone losing their shit about the youth movement last year, we went out and signed players that are between the ages of 33 and 28, which isn't exactly on the younger side. That being said, you know, I'm not anti youth, but I do like a good veteran. So like a Nick Felino makes me feel a little better better, you know, things like yeah. that. Um, the people he did go on get are veterans with good experience, uh, pretty consistent numbers, not like a lot of injuries. So that is good because death last year we realized might not be as depthy as we thought. So overall, though, I think a pretty good week. I mean, if you subtract the next moment that we're gonna get into oh god, keep it yeah.
2: together. Yeah, keep not it really. together, Heather.
0: I'm going anyway. to, just, no one knows my pain except for Chris Blackie. I wish yeah. he was on here right now. I know. Me. I
2: hope he's uh, wellness check on Chris Blackie. Hopefully he's doing well.
0: Testing, testing. Are you okay, Chris? So anyways, good night and good luck, David Krejci. He indeed is gonna go home and play in the Czech Republic which we talked about uh he sent out a statement the other day said dear Bruins fans in January 2007 I pulled on the black and gold jersey for the first time I was 20 years old and almost 4,000 miles away from home since then you've embraced me as a Bostonian I've given you everything that I had to you in the Bruins and over time Boston has become a second home to me I met my amazing wife Naomi here and our two beautiful children call Boston home this is um we love the city and your support is so special to me the Bruins organization has always treated me with the utmost respect and I'm also thankful for my teammates trainers support staff coaches and management that have allowed me to be a part of so many great teams obviously 2011 2013 and ni- 2019 teams stick out but truthfully I've loved every Bruins team that I've been a part of since the end of the season I had to think about my future and it's become clear that I made to make the difficult decision for my family and I At this point in my career and life, I need to return to the Czech Republic and play in front of my family who sacrificed so much to help me achieve my NHL dreams. I want to play in front of my parents My brothers, my friends, and I want my children to live where I grew up, spend some time with Czech family members who love them, and to create lifelong memories. So for now, I want to thank all the Boston Bruins fans who have supported me and my family over the last 14 years. I will forever be thankful. This is not a goodbye. I will not be a stranger. I will be a Bruins forever. A Bruin forever, and I will see you at the TD Garden soon. And I will always bleed black and gold. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't cry, so I guess we're getting through the first part, okay? But, um... I mean, we not totally unexpected. Uh, That makes me a little confused, too. Uh, Again, I can't really trust everything that Don Sweeney says after last year, you know, but uh, whether they truly did, if they truly weren't sure, because I think we all kind of knew he was leaning towards probably going home, I think, you know, the pandemic and stuff has put everyone into kind of a reality check about priorities and stuff. And I know I'm not mad at him. You're not mad at, you know, like most Bruins fans. It's funny because all those people who would sit there, a lot of people have been bitching about Krejci, even though he's such a quiet kind of consistent player on this team. Now, everyone, um, someone who was it? I don't remember, but some, one of our people had put out like a poll, like should the, you know, oh, Max, Max Mainville, they, Max. Thank you. I couldn't remember yep. like 85% who, if you had asked them six months ago, should his Jersey be in the rafters are now all on board. Uh, it could be just like breakup syndrome. You're still in love and it's just like not enough time has passed, but, um, I don't know, Mark, what are your thoughts? Are you can cons- concern? I mean.
2: Shocked. So some- there was, yeah. there's another word shocked about this. Um, you know, it was, he's been a Bruin for so long. He's been a consistent point producer for so long. Um, one of my favorite Bruins players of all time, to be honest with you. And, you know, good on him for deciding, you know, what he wants to do. But uh, when you think about it and you you get the general public's opinion about it too, is, you know, most of them are like, oh, so now we can do the Kucharov thing because uh, European hockey ends in March or April, whatever, uh, in March or February, something like that. And he can come back over and be ready for the playoffs. It's like, come on, man. Seriously. You have to go through waivers actually to get back into the regular season. So, um, I'm taking this as a retirement from the NHL. I don't know if he's gonna want to come back and then be claimed by another NHL team, especially when he's when he's gonna be on the higher end of um mid thirties when he if even when he comes back. There's rumors out there that he, he could be playing in Europe for One to three years, so I I don't know, and I don't ever see him being a Bruin again, to be honest with you.
0: See, I kind of have a little different feeling on that, but I will. I you touched on a really good point because I was listening to you know the Knucklehead local sports radio, and they they one of the shows was really hitting that hard. But uh, just a few stats for those of you still might not understand how impactful he was 962 games that's one thing that makes me to say that he may return to the nhl for one more season uh maybe just to get a thousand games and then retire because he didn't actually retire he just left the nhl
2: i know we got we got crucified for using the retire word
0: oh yeah but i mean but i mean that is right but in all intents and purposes you know at his age he wants to go home but anyways he played 94 games in providence he had 102 points down there thank you for your service he played 100 and 962 more games up for Providence, including 156 playoff games, got 215 goals, 515 assists, which puts him seventh in all time with assists and eighth in points. Marshawn can catch him, but Ken Hodge cannot catch him. So that means he's solidly in the top 10 for Bruins all time. Uh, in the playoffs, he had 42 goals, 82 assists, hence the playoff crazy in 124 points and that's thir- includes 30 even strength goals you know we always talk about the power play but you know i don't think we give enough credit to the five on five when they come he's actually 10th in all time for game winning goals in the bruins i mean he's had a long career here we all love him i uh, so you know i listen to felt i listen to the ball bo- the local sports radio even though it drives me nuts so on felger and maz Jim Murray kept going on and on about how I've heard from people close to the situation that what you were just talking about that, you know, he didn't retire. He didn't retire. They're done in March. So I would suspect to see him again. I don't personally think we'll see him again this year. I think that given the last few years, it might be even just to go home for a year and stay there. I think some of it might depend too, because after the year's over, he, the Bruins can invite him on a PTO and sign him. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He won't have to go through the waivers. So yep. I actually was thinking, you know how I always say, I think David should have, re, he was going to resign one more year and then maybe him and Bergie would retire together kind of thing. Maybe that also is kind of situational with him too, that like maybe he's not totally done with the NHL. He could be, you know, he might be ready, but he also might not have totally shut the door to maybe come back one more year. You know, think about it. One more year, he might get a thousand games, then he can come and officially retire and do the roundup, you know, with, and would it be more fitting if him and, I'm not saying Bergeron's retiring another year, but let's face it. He's got an old body for a 34 year old, you know, like he's yep. got young ducks. So that's just something I have in the back of my head. I don't know if we'll ever see Krejci in the Jersey again playing, but I lean more towards if that's going to happen, it's not happening this season. That will be, he'll be back maybe for one more year and run, depending on cap or whatever next year. That's just my thoughts on that, but it's very sad. I can't, I'm trying not to cry. I'm,
2: Yeah, it sucks to see him go. Absolutely. He's going to be greatly missed, uh, especially for that secondary scoring um, factor. So uh, we'll definitely touch on uh, him more going on into the show. Yeah.
0: And this is so Bruins, too, that. All day long, I have the stupid thing in my hand to see if they're going to put a release out either way about the stuff. And in the 20 minutes, I go to stupid Vermettes and don't bring my thing with me. I get back to my house and I'm like, oh God, oh God. (laughs) Like, I kind of knew it was happening when he wasn't re-signed day one. But anyways, we love you, David Krejci. I really am a loser. I didn't cry, even though inside I'm like, I can't, and everyone keeps posting all these great pictures. I'm like, oh my god, then there's Hannah Horty and <laughs> Milan. And I just stop it, people. It's too much. I need a break from it. All right, let's all right. move on. Yeah, let's
2: That's move on to good. a probably a non-crying factor for you, madam.
0: Um, yeah, so this was an interesting situation. Again, going back to why Inga can't trust Don Sweeney. He <laughs> gives a press conference and he says, well, we're going to qualify, you know, because remember, we we're all, what's going on? We're going to qualify Kasha. He says, I'm going to qualify Richie, Kasha, and Zach Senishin, and then only qualify Zach Senishin, which I thought was interesting. Um, I actually had even jokingly said to Barry yesterday, maybe they're going to circle back to Richie now. Do you know what I mean? Because
2: a lot of people were you know, saying that.
0: Some of the kids, they can move to be centers still, you know, and move around and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, so then he only... Uh, qualified Zach Sennishin, but and, that probably made you a little happy.
2: And, uh, oh yeah, but, uh, I'll be a little more happier for Zach when he actually signs, because he's still yeah. technically, um, not locked up quite yet. He did accept his qualifying offer, but, uh, negotiations continue to, um, to go on. So, yeah.
0: So, uh, there's probably what you'd say. 90% chance Zach Sennishin will be a brook. I believe again, so. Providence, uh, just hashing out, but, I mean, I think that's interesting, too, because he's one that everyone I think either he gets because he's been kind of slow and steady, progressively getting better. He's not as flashy as some of the other kids in Providence that, you know, we look to. And I'm not going to say 2015, but just generally our process. That's interesting that it seems that they are willing at least to give him a little more patience in the same way they haven't yet seem to move on from to We don't know that might still happen, you know, and yep. some of these other parts, but I was stunned with the, I am not sad about the Nick Ritchie, but I was stunned that he did not qualify him. Like that just seemed, yeah. he did have a season, you know what I mean? That's usually what yeah, you he had a career
2: play. year. And it's yeah, like, so. you know, and Don comes out and says, he's going to do it. And then retracts what he's, what he did on, you know, a later press conference and, you know, there was several factors you got to consider about that decision. It's, you know, you, you know, you still have a roster count that you got to stay under. You got a cap you got to work with. So, I mean, I, I, I believe that the Richie one was just to free up some more money and a roster spot. And I'm kind of happy on the decision of Andre Koshin to move on from him. Uh, very unreliable because of his uh, his injury status, and not making fun of his injuries or anything like that. We don't do that here, but right. you know, it, it's it's a risk signing because you don't know what kind of player you're going to get. If he gets hit up high again, are we going to go through the same thing? Now we LTIIR another player and so on. So that I'm fine with moving on. I mean, good good on to Toronto for getting both of them and signing them, you know, for the to, to continue their careers. Yeah. Just I
0: mean I'm glad they have a sloppy seconds
2: Toronto. You're still not getting out of the first round.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like I'm happy that uh, for them as players, you know, I never. I mean, whether I like a player or not, like a player, I never want them to not have a place to play if they're still viable.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: But good luck, Toronto. You guys are the worst at contracts. Like you just. It's been out all over how like our top line doesn't cost as much as two of theirs, and if you add in Taylor Hall, we're not that far over them for spending. So,
2: I saw a picture. Not I think it was last week or something. It was uh, four Boston Bruins players. It was Patrice, Brad, Taylor Hall, and Pasternak, all twenty six million dollars, whatever. Yeah. And then two a picture of two Maple Leafs austin matthews and um mitch marner and they were equal 25 million i was like holy crap
0: toronto (laughs) this is the thing is that toronto played. toronto paid them their big contracts before they were old enough to need the big contracts it didn't play it out right like you should have not yet you know what i mean because now you've I mean, I don't feel bad. I could care less if Toronto ever plays well. You know, coming
2: coming out of an entry level deal and having to truck back up. Come on,
0: yeah. let's go. <laughs> I want Mitch Marner's dad as my agent. Yeah, Jesus no Christ. shit. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Is like you've got to also look ahead, guy. Like now you've handcuffed yourself, and you still don't have any defensemen.
2: But so, but yeah. he's Kyle Dubas is so good at analytics. I'm not sure he's good at um, balancing a cap budget
0: (laughs) here's some analytics you're paying too much for two players who although great Uh, does not constitute 17 other players that can help you get out of the first round guy learn exactly okay i'm sorry okay let's move on though because other people moved on this week too this is a Thank you for your service, gentlemen. Because we again have had a rotating. I don't even recognize my own team anymore. So, Yaroslav Halak, we're gonna say good luck in Vancouver. One year, one point five. What did you think about that? That's not too bad, I think, for his age and his experience. And
2: no, it's it's definitely fine. I'm I'm completely fine with moving on from Yaro. Thank you for your service. Um, uh, one of the best tandems in the league between him and Tukaras for the last three okay. seasons. Uh ranked within the top five of uh, each one of those seasons and um, brought home a Jennings trophy um so that's uh good on him but uh you, you could see the writing on the wall you could see the frustration yeah. with him uh, by losing his backup position especially in the playoffs to a, a young kid like Jeremy Swayman and um, I heard that he didn't he didn't he didn't really respond to that very well let's put it that way paraphrasing a little bit But uh, good on him to continue. He's a veteran. He's going to move, go on to Vancouver, and probably back up a goaltender like Thatcher Demko. You know, Mm -hmm. so uh, good uh, mentoring thing there. So and and good and good luck to him too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we like Yarrow. Yeah, I mean, I never had any bad bad issues with Yarrow. I just I just wish he would would have acted like a more of a professional. But I get the desire to be want to be that guy and try to you know and try to keep your job. Uh, I, I totally understand that but I just thought that there were there was uh ways that it could have been dealt better and and there's there's rumors going around saying that there was some um, locker room stuff that that coaching and um, and management didn't exactly appreciate um, when when you're um, you know you're the third goalie and so on you still have to act like a professional I'm not gonna go into those details because I'm not sure if it's actually true yeah there are rumors but- Right. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is.
0: It makes you pause. I mean, Yarrow's been a professional in yeah. the NHL for a long time. It would be weird for him to be totally unprofessional. But at the same time, I think it's been two years of every player getting they only have a certain frustration level to deal with stuff. And, you know, for yep. that. But then again, the writing on the wall for the goaltending situation was a lot different last week than we thought Jeez. it was going to be. So coaster. Um, okay. so, Thanks, Yarrow. Okay, Jared Tenorti, again, we hardly knew you. Uh, Thank you for your service. Signs with the New York Rangers. I think it was like 1.5 or something. I can't remember what he signed. Uh, Good for him. Um, Our old friend, Sean Corrales, who we have no more tolerance for, but we love to death. So good luck. He's gone home to Ohio to play for the Blue Jackets. Four years, 10 mil. What did you think about that?
2: Uh, Good deal for him. Like like you said, he goes home to a very uh, comforting state of Ohio um yeah it just i like sean a lot good kid and so on um good interview um but the last two seasons we 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 weren't seeing the Sean rally that we we were so used to and you know a lot a lot of um accompanying factors could have been involved in in his in his downward spiral um but it, it, something had to be done. And I had a feeling uh, from several sources that they weren't going to entertain him coming back at all um, because he pretty much it is that third and uh, it is that fourth line cap casualty thing that Don Sweeney does not like to pay over a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Usar and Tim Schaller and uh, Nolachari. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, good on Sean. Hopefully he has a better career, um, you know, in his home state. And um, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think for him, this was a good deal to go home to play out the rest of, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, what 29, 30, he's yeah. not a young buck either. So like, I think it's good for him to be able to go home, be closer to family, still have a vile role, maybe Sean, you know, like it's been, again, I'm trying to not judge any player from the last two seasons. Cause it's been a shit show. Probably a mo. you know, like uh, I was surprised he got paid two five. That's, a mil more than we were paying him. So yep. the blue jackets really must see, you know, and we know Corrali has it in him. So hopefully he can get it going. But the, I think your point with the money, though, is important because I think that's partly why, like Chris Wagner, we haven't seen him moved or tried to be moved yet because you can say what you want about Chris Wagner, but if you have to put his ass on the ninth floor, it's only 1.5 mil that you're putting on the ninth floor as opposed to.
2: Overpaid. And you can also you can also bury Wagner too in the in the AHL, well,
0: which I'm not sure. I th- as much as people speculate, I think that training camp is going to dictate a lot because now we have an abundance of wingers, which we never yeah. have a problem of, uh, and maybe not so many center, not enough centers that we really need to be viable. But um, good for him. Uh, I'm not unconvinced that Chris Wagner won't still be your bot and your. Bought a fourth line rotating in and out uh but again i think that's also he knows the team he knows the system when he does perform you know he you get out of him what you want and he is in that money sweet spot like sweeney you know but some of these signings also are a little bit of fire like we want to see what's going on with you right same thing maybe i don't know jabrus might be getting traded might not be getting traded some of these signings might be like hey guy (laughs) Like last round, here we go. So anyways, uh, Dan Vladar, I have been dying to talk to you about Vladar. Um, I was a little shocked by this. I thought the plan was Vladar and Swayman are going to come down the pipe, but traded to Calgary for a third round pick. What did you think about that one? Uh,
2: This was another shock. Um, I absolutely thought that it was going to be a veteran goaltender and Dan Vladar to – on a short rope as i've said several times in this podcast in the previous weeks um and that was going to be a tandem uh, because the fact is that dan was going to need uh, waivers to go down to providence if needed uh if he was going to be on that short leash and get yanked and then bring swayman up so um i kind of have a feeling that the boston bruins management and 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 staff saw the writing on the wall and said listen it, Dan's probably going to do really good or he's not going to do so good that we have to like place him on waivers. And if he goes on waivers, he's guaranteed to be gone. No way is he passing through. Um, Yeah. Every team's going to get, you know, a chance to get a a kid like that. Um, So they got a third round pick for him. I think they could have gotten a little bit more for him, but it is what it is. So, you know, I hate that wave of process. It really sucks. But, you know, good on Dan because um, it sucks to, to see him go. It really mm-hmm. does. I, I, I've interviewed him several times. He's such a great kid, always smiling and so on. But just looking at the depth, look at the way Jeremy Swayman's been playing and, and his uprise and, and in his short tenure as a Boston Bruins member uh, coming out of the University of Maine. It, it, the depth, he just got jumped over the depth. So, you know, it's just – I don't know if he was going to get legitimate NHL time here in Boston, but he's going to get it elsewhere in the NHL and hopefully get it um, and be a backup to – um I don't remember his name. Oh, Jakob Markstrom yeah in Calgary. So I think he's going to get some uh, adequate time there. But they have a lot of goaltenders too that he's going to have to Absolutely. battle. It's going to be an interesting training camp in Calgary too. So who knows? He could end up in AHL Stockton or – behind the calgary bench so regardless good
0: i was gonna say don don and them might think he might have a good chance to fight for the um backup position in calgary and that's part of i agree i think we could have got more for him but yeah
2: um, yeah but it it, it's it sucks but you know but it is what it is i mean our goaltending um you know if you look at the goaltending scheme right now and the depth, it, it's kind of weak with the loss of of Lidar. And I know people are going to argue argue with that, saying that Dan wasn't a good goaltender. But I thought he was a a fantastic goaltender. And the way that uh, Asenzer and Mike Dunham worked with him, uh, doing the constant video in his in his, um, in his um, recovery after a, a high ankle sprain, I, I I just thought that he was a much better goaltender after those um, video sessions and and so on. So um, yeah, the depth took a, a little bit of a turn uh, there with the, the, uh, departure of him, but, um, you know, it, it, it's getting a little better with some, uh, some, um, some more, uh, additions too.
0: Yeah. It still does kind of throw things on the goalie and we'll talk about specifically goaltending a little later, but, um. I say good luck to him. I like him. I think he has a lot of promise. I don't think he's your flashiest, you know, young, prospectal goaltender out there or whatever. I know he's a little too old to be an, you know, be an actual prospect. But Calgary, though, I think needs to have better. They have a lot of goaltending, but their goaltending is so inconsistent. Whether yeah. it was Smith or Markstrom, who I, I love Markstrom. He gives me some feelies, but... <laughs> Good luck. And I hope you get the backup job because I'd like you to, you know, you're starting to step into your prime spot for age wise as a goaltender. And I really hope you get that NHL experience. And we hope to see great things from you, Dan Vladar, even though you won't be wearing the black and gold. Uh, okay. So, Craig McKegg, like I said, barely knew you. Uh, that was a two way deal for $750,000, $350,000 guaranteed. Greg McKegg, peace out, guy.
2: Craig, the mega kega. See you later. I, I, I don't I mean I didn't I don't best know.
0: hockey name ever. Well it is a great
2: hockey team. name. I'm gonna miss that, McKega. <laughs> I love it. But <laughs> um but yeah, I it, it's it that, that's another it is what it is. Um, you know, he's he was just one of those uh plug and play type of players with the ability to go down to Providence and and so on. So good luck to him in New York. Back to New mm-hmm. York.
0: All right, and last but not least, two gentlemen we mentioned in the segment before, Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha, are now Maple Leafs. You know what that means. We have to hate you, even if we liked you before. I didn't particularly like certain people before. So anyways, Nick Ritchie gets two years at 2.5 per, per, and Andre Kasha gets 1.5 for a one year.
2: Yep. Good luck to them, and and, and, you know, hopefully, Kash is uh, better and he gets to and and is able to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's
0: for him. I hope, and you know, Nick Ritchie, not my cup of tea, guy, but hopefully, you follow up this season. Hey, and if anything, the last thing that Toronto needs is another person to fall apart in the playoffs. So,
2: (laughs) exactly.
0: Again, I'm still, even though he's not my cup of tea, he seemed to be Don Sweeney's cup of tea. So I. I'm actually very surprised that they did not resign Nick Ritchie, but I ain't going to shed any tears over it, not like David. You? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you. All right. Where are we at? Okay. So this was exciting just to break up the talking. So goodbye, gentlemen. Thank you for your service. Uh, Rangers in Toronto got some scraps from the table. Um, <laughs> not probably other people, but this is exciting is that hashtag Willie for the Gold, Willie O'Ree, the fight to get him the Congressional Gold Medal, which is awarded to the. Um, civilian for highest improvement. It's like impact outside of their sport. Uh, Yes, we know he's Canadian, but who cares? Uh, And it passed the Senate last week. Holy shit. The U S government can get stuff done. They can't agree on any.
2: They can't send my income tax check, but they can get this done.
0: Yeah, but they can, the Senate. Wow. So maybe Mitch McConnell isn't a total crap bag. Just kidding. Kept this moving. So now it's going to the house of representatives. So I ask you once again, uh, Shout out Beehive brought it up, too, when it came out because they were campaigning. So we ask you again to retweet Willie for the, uh, you know, hashtag Willie for the gold, retweet uh, the information. You can find it on the Bruins community site uh, and keep it moving. So hopefully he is awarded as he should be, not only being the uh, first, obviously, um, (laughs) African-Canadian descendant to play in the NHL, but just for he really has. He is the standard for hockey is for everyone and not just about race, just about every kid, kid, age group, uh, income bracket, Mm. race, religion, whatever. And that is special. And we don't have a lot of leaders that really, really do can't carry that mantle probably as strongly as they would like to. And he does. And he's like 80 something years young and he's just keep going. So bring up hashtag Willie for the gold. Okay. Well, we Resigned Mike Riley for a three for three deal. I thought Don Sweeney was handing out you get a 3.3 deal, you get a three three deal, you get a- everybody gets three million for <laughs> the next three years. Uh, I have expressed that I do, I don't mind Mike Riley, I don't want him like you know pairing up with uh Charlie McAvoy or anything, but I think that. Uh, he is a little bigger and a little more experienced than the Zaboros and the Lausanne's of the world. So I'm not, I don't hate that they re signed him. I don't know if he's a $3 million defenseman, but due to the fact, defenseman I don't think should make $9 million due. Who knows? God, Charlie McAvoy is getting so fucking
2: paid next year. Ooh. You know, his qualifying offer is going to start at 7.3 next, next year. So ironic. Dave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about that next week if you want. Yeah, that was, I, yeah. Let's let's talk about the Charlie McAvoy extension yeah. next week. But Mike Riley, um, I'm I'm happy about the signing. Uh, he's a left shot defenseman. We need that. Um, I think that having him for a short time in the playoffs and uh, post trade deadline uh, last season, the Bruins have a an idea of what this player is, character and what he can do on the ice, uh, which is important. But also, um, with that being said, I'm kind of happy that they didn't go after um, an aging like Ryan Suter, who who wanted four years and you know and got some decent money for it too. So um, he signed with Dallas. Is, is that right? Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, there's but so any- much
0: stuff this week. I can't yeah. remember. Let
2: so so anyway, um, yeah, you know you. you Mike Riley's here. We've seen what he can do and, and, and the Bruins believe in him. So I do too. So,
0: yeah, I think to me of him and Tornorti and whoever, like he looks, he, his style is kind of very Bruins-ish. Do you know what I mean? Like he has kind of the air of like what Bruins defenseman Really should be. I don't know. Now that you asked me that, I can't remember. I would have known that, but.
2: All right. Yeah, just keep going.
0: No, no, it was the stars. So no, I already had it up. Okay. Right. So let's sign another defenseman, shall we? Is it Faubert or is it Faubert? Faubert. Okay. Faubert. Well, I never know if they're pronounced the French way or. The English way so I just wanted to double check with you so Sweeney signs a lefty because again we need lefties, so at least we signed two left defensemen uh for here you go you get three for three um <laughs> we re-signed Riley right before free agency opened up but this was one of the first ones that came out that we were signing he's an American he's 29 years of age he was drafted 15th overall by the Kings in 2010. He I got to see him years. in
2: Manchester.
0: I was gonna say he played five years with the Kings, one year with Calgary, and a year with Minnesota. He's last year he played all 56 games. So that's good. Consistent, you know, not injured a lot. Two goals, 10 assists for 12 points, about 20 minutes on ice, which is good. We need people that can take ice time on that back end. Uh that definitely was making it harder for like Grizz. Grizz and uh, McAvoy and such and Carlo. Uh, and that's pretty much a summary to him. 331 games, eight goals, 58 assists for 65 points. And he's pretty consistent. Doesn't get hurt a lot. I mean, I've heard of him, but not really someone that I. Yeah, he's
2: a, he's a big kid. Um, he's not on my radar. Minnesota native. Uh, of course, he's going to be good at hockey. Uh, and the Boston, and it's been rumored that they were looking at at, at him in free agency uh, for weeks now. So, um, makes sense to, uh, get him in. And, uh, I thought it was a decent deal. The, uh, he does have, um, contract clause. Uh, the 29 year old has a modified no trade clause, uh, for the upcoming season, which is 10 teams and the 22, 23 season, it's eight teams and the 23, 24 season, it's down to three teams. So, um, that was probably a, a big negotiation thing that, you know, he, wants to stay here and doesn't want to be one of those show up and not play well and then be uh, subjected to a trade. So mm-hmm.
0: he is a big boy, six, 219 pounds yep. is what it was listed at last year. So that I do have to say, we might not have gotten much younger, but we did get a little bit bigger.
2: Yeah. You get a little bit of experience. And, and this is what we talked about last week, Heather was, you know, the Boston Bruins went through their trial period last year with the youth. I think that they were pushed into a lot of those, that 2015 class, which is pretty much diminished by now. Um, they're either on the team or, or gone, but, um, you know, they tried that with the Zabora Clifton's, and, and the uh, Lozons. And I, I thought I saw good parts, uh, you know, it, it but. I think that the Boston Bruins just felt otherwise that say maybe we need to get a little more experience and maybe a little bigger on the defense. And this is, this certainly addressed uh, a couple of those needs. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Bobby Orr or anything like that in Boston, but it does, like I said, address a certain need.
0: If you paired him with Carlo, that's a big fucking defensive oh, pairing. Like ouch. we're talking back when we used to like have the fucking, ready for orgasm feeling when you'd see like Seidenberg and Char on the ice. Like Absolutely. those are two big fucking boys that are going to shut your ass down. So I'm not saying that's what the pairings are. I can't even grasp pairings for the defenseman yet. It's just so much has happened in this week at a hard enough time, just kind of fitting it all into this agenda, which we're trying to get in under two hours. So right. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, welcome to the team. Yeah. He, I mean, he's got some experience. Uh I, I, I know there are some people we don't necessarily like thing, but had said how like, you know, people do know who he is. It's he has been around like the name is familiar. I just am not super, uh, not as much as I knew who, uh, Tomas Nosek was. So I knew who he was. I was like, dude, I think I've seen him. Is he a Vegas? Well, he's not on Vegas anymore. We sign him to a deal. So, uh, he's a Czech native. He's 28. He was undrafted. He's a left wing. So we, I don't know. Again, this I don't know where this leaves the DeBrusks and whoever of the world. But again, Richie probably had a feeling when all these wings started showing up that he was probably not going to be here, uh, even if he did not get qualified. Uh, But he played 38 games last year, 8 goals, 10 assists, 18 points, about 13 minutes on ice, which is more than some of our left wingers average on ice. So that's good. Uh, And he's got a lot of experience he played two years in Detroit and four years in Vegas, so he's got um, some of that um, playoff experience that we're talking about, right? Uh, yeah, 6'2", 205, that's not too bad. Um, and he's played over 257 games in his career, so again, not not the oldest player there is, but not he's got good experience, in Vegas, you know, playing on high quality, like at least something kind of comparable to what the Bruins are expected to be walking into. So yep. that's good. He's had some pressure. Um, and I'm sure Vegas because I think he was drafted in Vegas's draft from Detroit. That was one of their his
2: yes he America. was. Yes he so, was.
0: From the get-go, he was in a high-pressure situation with the media and everything. So that's good because that's something we don't talk about enough. About it's one thing to be a big-name professional player; it's another thing to be able to handle certain markets. And Boston is definitely one of those markets. So, what are your thoughts there on Tomas?
2: I, I like the signing um, because it, you know, it, it reconstructs his, it reconstructs the fourth line with the loss of Sean Caralee. Um, and and Nosyak can play the left and the center position too so it's a versatile movement there if needed um and I like his size he's not a very aggressive player but um I think you know when he gets when he moves to Boston and starts skating with these guys at, at captain's practices and so on and then goes through the rigors of a training camp I think he's gonna get what the Boston Bruins need out of him which is a little more aggression on that on that fourth line, be that pain in the ass to, the, to other teams, top lines and so on. Um, but no, I, I, just, I, like, I like the addition, you know, and, and it's a good deal. Um, and you know, it's, um, it addresses the need to, to, to redo everything on the bottom 12. So well, yeah,
0: that's what we keep talking about, right? You can't, especially now, right. With Krejci gone, that's a big, um, gap in your scoring and your driving force behind it so uh it is nice that in, instead of signing the greg mckeggs of the world even though we spent a little money we did go out and get you know the no shicks and uh you know hey, if, the, the, if this guy
2: this guy had eight goals last year if he can spot if he can pot fifth, uh 10 or 15 this upcoming season as a Bruin, i'm happy with that
0: Look, I don't want to be a dick, but he's already got almost the same amount of goals as Nick Ritchie last year. So we basically, we swapped somebody out. We didn't downgrade at least, you know, in your bottom six on that position. Okay. So we also signed Eric Holla. Yes. Holla. He's been around. Holla, if you hear me, Eric. But he signed two years, $4.75 million contract to join the Bruins. He's 30. He was drafted by the Minnesota Wild in the 2009 uh, he played, I think with both Nosek and, and Coyle on, uh, with Coyle in Minnesota, I think they played and yes, he played in Vegas, yep. uh, cause he spent four years in Minnesota, one year in two years in Vegas. And then he had, he's been bouncing around Carolina, Florida, uh, Nashville. Uh, I think I wouldn't have paid him maybe as much, but I'm not. That Matt, given uh, the numbers he puts up, he's very consistent. He's not really an injured player or anything like that. Uh, Again, six foot tall, 193 pounds, another winger. Uh, We signed a lot of left wings, but the next guy we'll talk about, though, is some of them are more uh, can move slot like just because they've traditionally played one place, they're also kind of more versatile. Like, we like a center who can also play wing or a wing that can also yep. play center. Uh, I liked this one, was one of the like, oh, okay, we're talking uh now. Uh, he's finished, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay, so. What are your thoughts on this one? More wingers? Now you're like, oh, shit. Now we have too many left wings.
2: Now we have a plethora of wingers, which was, you know, the the biggest problem back in the day is trying to find a right winger and so on. But uh, I I believe it's a solid signing. Um, I don't know much about the player. I'm excited to see where he's going to fit in and so on. Um, But, you know, it it just addresses another need for, you know, increased scoring, secondary, um, you know. It, it, I'm, I'm excited to see him at training camp and, and you know what he can do, what he can provide in a different environment. So we'll, we'll see. It remains to be seen with him, but uh, I expect uh, big things.
0: Well, I think another thing too, is that you got a little bit bigger. Uh, he's a little more aggressive than some of our bottom six players. You know, I'm not saying he's an aggressive player, but just meaning he's, we always talk about that, like play big, do whatever. He's that type of player. And what I like about him, though, is just uh, like Noshik, he brings in experience playing on Vegas and in Minnesota. He's had playoff experience. He's seen it. He knows what it's like to play on a team in transition. Since the Minnesota Wild are always in transition, uh, and that's just that. But I thought that I thought I kind of like that signing, um, maybe more than I thought I would. But this one I was very excited about because I do like Nick Foligno, and he signed a two-year
2: Foligno. Three-way.
0: Yeah, Foligno. What'd I say? Foligno?
2: No, I Feligno. said Foligno.
0: I'm like, what? So anyways, Nick Foligno is longtime Columbus Blue Jacket. Lots of playoff experience comes with his tenure in there. Great leader, captain. We've snagged another captain to our team. So that might help a little bit in the locker room um, presence, losing Krejci and even Halak, you know, and Tuka not being in the room and some of that veteran leadership, quote unquote, in there. Uh, I like the signing. Um, Yeah, he has like the no movement. I'll I'll let you get into that in a second. Go ahead. What did you think? This was one of my, this was like, oh my God, we almost went out and got a really big name. Like, you know, like he's a bigger name and we don't normally do that either. That's why I was surprised.
2: This could be the Mark Recchi signing of uh, 2010. And and Mark spent two years with the Boston Bruins and obviously uh, capturing a Stanley Cup in 2011. Um, so lots of expectations coming down, uh, from this move, um, versatile. He could play up and down your lineup, uh, which is good, but the leadership thing I think is going to be important and, and Nick's, uh, excited to be a Bruin, um, the phone calls from Patrice Bergeron and, and, and Marshan and so on, some, t- uh, some other teammates, uh, to entice him to come to Boston and so on. It was great. I mean, Patrice Bergeron's now a freaking, uh, agent, agent Bergeron. Yeah. You That's know, we'll so, see
0: him later. He's gonna be an NFT. Yeah, he's gonna agent. be
2: he's gonna have an office right next to Alan Walsh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's 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 a good signing all the way around. It it addresses uh, several different needs. Uh he, he can still be a very productive player at this level, even though he's he's um I, you know up there in age. Um I, I think it's a, a good move, and I'm um I can't wait to see where he's gonna fit because he can be placed in so many different uh scenarios. But um how old is he?
0: 33.
2: 33 33-year-old. He's got a full no-trade clause in 2021-22 and a modified no-trade in 22-23, which is 16 teams. uh, And, yeah, which is a...
0: But still, that's a... um, Considering his age, I'm surprised a player would agree. You know what I mean? Like, so it's nice that he agreed with that. Also, it leaves room, like, if he still... I mean, Nick Foligno's probably got another two good years out of him. You know, he's he's a good player. He's been pretty consistent. He's been a great Blue Jacket. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, last year he played 49 games, seven goals, 13 assists. Uh, Average is about 18 minutes, uh, which is good because that... The heavy hitters on this team always have to absorb so many minutes and there's not enough people to absorb minutes. So, like, having another viable... Forward that can really take on a brunt of the game, you know, is yeah, great. he is his versatility isn't even that he can play up and down in the lineup, it's that his versatility is he really can play center wing, you know, wherever you uh, he usually I think plays left wing, yes, but I have not rolled him out on what can we see with him at center, right? And we'll get to the centers later, but that's just in my head as a preview. But I'm excited to have Nick Felino, I think that he's. You know, he's a leadership experience, playoff experience, just kind of generally a well-respected guy around the league. Kind and of
2: he's, he still plays a heavy game. He does. You know, he still can rattle the boards. He can still, you know, be that physical presence. Um, and, you know, and that leadership is is, is second to none, in my opinion.
0: I mean, he's got 484 points in 957 games, so right. he's at least in every other game point player, you know, so yep. that's not bad when you have a long career like that. And he's a loyal player. He played, he's only played for a few teams, but he's been there, you know, here for a short time, five years, uh, and then nine years, right. And in Columbus. So, I don't know. And if Patrice Bergeron lobbies for you then I got to give you some credence because I don't think Patrice Bergeron wants anybody in that locker room he doesn't think can really help this team, yeah. Yeah. Uh that was very exciting, but um yeah. The goaltending is wow. been upside down. We've got to talk wow. about it. We have a new goaltender. I I am I would like to let you start off unless you have anything about else about Nick no. I, I know, I've seen you tweeting and whatever else this week, but I would like you to address we have a new goaltender, an expensive goaltender, you know, a middling expensive goaltender that seems to have totally upended the picture of the goaltending in Boston. Go, Mark. Talk about it.
2: Another shock move. Um, Don Sweeney was absolutely crazy on free agent frenzy, and uh, we all knew that this was going to happen. We all knew that – well, most of us did anyway – Others thought it was going to be Swayman and Bladar, um, which uh, you do not want to do two rookies in the NHL and put them in the fire. Let's insert them in the fire slowly and so on, get them experience and so on. But he went experience. Don Sweeney went out and got uh, Lenius Allmark, um, a veteran, played in some really bad Buffalo teams. Um, but uh, the, the word is in the scouting report is that he's got tremendous upside. Uh, Kevin Weeks speaks very highly of him. Uh, Andrew Raycroft on the morning uh, morning brew with uh, Billy Jaffe spoke uh, very highly of him. I think it's a good move. I think Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham are going to work hard with uh, um, Allmark to get him up to speed on how this Boston Bruins system works, especially in the goal. Uh, but he's going to be a 1A. He's paid $5 million per season. So that money is not backup. I'm I'm really getting tired of people saying uh, Swayman's going to be the starter and Allmark's going to be the backup. If you wanted to, if that was a scenario you were going to go with, you do not pay a backup five million dollars. You go out and get a goaltender at two point five, much like Yaroslav Halak was making for the past three seasons, and even took a, a five hundred thousand dollar pay cut on the third year. So this is it. It's one A, one B, I believe. Uh, I think it's a good deal. It's a lot longer than I thought. I thought that this veteran goalie was going to come in in free agency and sign a one-year deal, but this is for four years at 5 million. So um, he's got a full no trade for seasons uh, 2021 and 22. Uh, He's got, and uh, 22, 23 modified, no trade in 23, 24 to 16 teams. And in 24, 25, that goes down to 15 teams. So, um, the salaries, I mean, the contract structure is a little uh, concerning there because, um, it's going to be very hard to move him if he's not going to, uh, you know, exceed expectations here. Um, but Don Sweeney and, and, and mentioned and Andrew Raycroft, the same thing on the uh, morning brew podcast that, um, he's in that prime year age of goaltenders where you really get the best out of, out of them. They're not young enough that you can't trust, and they're not old enough that you can't handle. But he's right in that middle age where, uh, you know, you can really get success out of him. So I'm excited to see him play and how he's going to work with, with everybody. Um, and uh, he seems to be happy with the deal and so on. And uh, it's just just another solid move from Don Sweeney, man. That's just killing it this offseason.
0: Um, I think he's – he's definitely given the Bruins a run for his money when we play him. He's one of the best things that Buffalo had. Um, he was drafted by Buffalo. Uh, he's only played in Buffalo. I think five seasons, He's about five years into his career. Uh, he's just turned 28. Uh, his numbers are pretty consistent, but, again, I'm not an analytics number girl, but it has been said that he's really good in, like, high shot opportunity, this and that, and it can easily be argued. Now, I don't personally – I think Buffalo's a shit show all around, but I don't think yeah, they exactly shitty players. You know what I mean? They're not a team that necessarily has shitty players either, though, because they do have some good defense. But, again, a goaltender that's playing – with like not maybe the best quality defense in front of him, and he's been pretty consistent. Uh, last year he did play uh like four uh 20 of the games. Uh, I think he was injured a little bit last year, too, right? Uh I mean, yeah. he's not that old. And I, I know this is a little different. We have been hammering that we really thought it was gonna be uh some kind of veteran goaltender they were gonna pull in, which checks that mark. I'm surprised Ladar's not the backup. What concerns me now, and again, we're going to get into this after the break. We'll talk about the goaltending situation. Um, But I'm just surprised because I feel like this puts it in a weird place for Swayman now. Because I do think he needs a full year. I mean, he's played great, but it doesn't take much to mess up a nine-game career and maybe go back. That being said, I think this kid is a phenom. Like I do think that he is going to be one of the greatest goaltenders is health wise, whatever, if he can stay healthy of his generation, that being said, it makes me a little nervous. We have 1.8 and I'm not convinced. I think the best idea would be to do all Mark with swimming back and up. Then he doesn't get net as much unless they are going to truly split the games down the middle. And in that case, why do we give all Mark a $2 million upgrade? Yeah.
2: one. Yeah, um, we'll definitely talk about the goaltender situation later. Um, but what what this does do is it, it a goaltender like Omar, I believe, is going to get his best game. Uh, like I said, with his age and so on and experience, but with this Boston Bruins team, he's going to be playing in front, um, you know, behind a better structured defense than Buffalo. So. That, that's a key factor right there is how he's going to adjust to to new teammates and so on and i think i think we're going to get the best out of him. i think it was just a solid move it's just the money in turn were a little concerning i know people are, are bitching about that that you could have gotten um more value with with somebody else but uh, who the free, the free agent market this year was it, for goaltenders was so thin it's it crazy you're not going to go out and you're not going to go out and get Frederick Anderson because you're going to pay him five million dollars. It's a million more than what Almack's making. I totally get it, and you definitely weren't going to be involved in in the Philip Grubauer sweepstakes. So this is this is just a a Plan B kind of scenario for the Boston Bruins, and I think they hit it, They hit a home run. Um, and maybe i could be wrong. You know, maybe he's going to have one bad season out of out of the four. Who knows? But hopefully that doesn't happen.
0: I like it because I think it does exactly what we wanted someone with experience that doesn't cost us a bazillion dollars. Uh, but it's not also not so ridiculous that say Swayman does just kind of pop off into stud muffin mode and you want (laughs) to move him, like he's a good goaltender for that value too. Because now, even not for anything, but like even like paying Yarrow 2.5, we were getting a good deal because even with an older goaltender, like for a backup. Like, they're making, like, full. who the fuck can afford to pay a $6 million for a backup goaltender kind of thing? Um, Also, I don't know. I think it's good because it'll take the pressure off of Swayman. also not unconvinced they might not find a really cheap-ass backup for now because it will be more valuable, I think, to Swayman in the end. And, again, we'll talk more about it.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, we'll talk after the break.
0: But for me, I'm a little nervous now with not giving Swayman that year in Providence. I mean, let's face it, he is awesome. But you only played nine games, and you only played one damn team last year, or two teams because you couldn't play anybody else last year, or whatever. So that's a, not your fault. It's, it's still a fault. gamble.
2: It's still a gamble with how young he is, fresh out of college. Uh, you know, he's got twelve pro games, which includes so many in the uh, American Hockey League, so many in the NHL. It's just that's not enough of a sample size for me to go, this is our guy. Uh, I know he's going to be our guy, but it, it's, it's it, there's a very vague area between yes. And maybe. Yeah.
0: Blaine Larco was going to be our guy too, people. That's all I can always think. Yeah. Blaine was going to be our guy. Loch Ness monster.
2: <sighs> yeah. And, and, you
1: know, no, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know we're, we're aging ourselves. Come on now.
0: I know we're old, but uh, I don't know. Right. I, I think it's a good signing for the price. I mean, Jesus, there wasn't a lot of goalies out there. And of all the goalies, I mean, besides maybe Darcy Kemper, I thought might have been a good fit here. This yeah, but is reasonable to me. Jeez, did you
2: see what he went to Colorado for?
0: Yeah, so I'm all set. Good luck, Darcy Kemper, and I'll just take I, Linus.
2: I was fully on board with Darcy Kemper and making a trade for him, but yeah. not for a first-round pick. I mean, he's got one more season uh, under contract. Uh, he's been injured a lot in his career. He isn't, he is over, I think he's 32 now or 30, 31, 32, somewhere in that range. But I thought that that was an awful lot that freaking Colorado gave to, uh, the Arizona coyotes, for his services and i was totally out on that i mean i'm just
0: laughing like arizona's a fucking dumpster they just like another arizona one they're like buffalo. One buffalo buffalo looks like they're a well put together might even make prom court compared to arizona they're <laughs> like let's take on some contracts for no reason it's, whatsoever it's so we crazy we can't even pay our rent on our arena but let's continue to make stupid
2: arizona games. is where contracts go to die, go to die. not players yeah contracts
0: contracts yeah and they're gonna end up with phil the thrill again like they're probably staying there like he's finally found a home i I will in full disclosure i was getting a little excited i love phil castle i know he's a weirdo or whatever he doesn't rub me the weirdo way like a dougie hamilton does like i like phil he was a cap issue like he couldn't have stayed here we just did not have the cap room
2: so are you like are you like jeff Merrick and want the story like a return I I to Boston, be, you know? I
0: wouldn't be more than fucking. Th- I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I like Phil Castle. I do. He's like kind of awkward and he's funny, but he, he's kind of round. Like he's like the Pillsbury Dovoi, but he can put the puck in the net. I mean, he's never not been a successful player. You know what I mean? Like Heather Ingerson, you're my kind of crazy. <laughs> he was a good Bruin. And it just, you know, like again, in my dream world, I would have had Savard and Castle, like, you know, just so we could yeah. go on and on of the things that could be if it were not for the salary cap, but
2: well, um, let's go on and on after we take a break. How's that?
0: Absolutely. Sounds we, great.
2: All right. Let's hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. He is from Boston sports and music memorabilia. We get some fantastic items from Mr. Bruce and uh we do have this month. It is August 1st guys. So Derek Sanderson hand signed, fully authenticated jersey beautiful hand stitched and everything i mean uh, stitched i'm not sure if it's hand stitched i doubt it but it is stitched it's official and you can have that jersey from mr bruce sullivan for a dollar you can win it go to the patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast but before you do that listen to the awesome bruce sullivan listen to the deals that he has uh and and uh, his collection is amazing and they're all fully authenticated and it's all real stuff folks no bullshit in here so let's hear from bruce and we'll get right we'll be right back
1: hello bruins fans this is bruce from boston sports and music memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week we are happy to announce that bruins legends jerry cheevers sean thornton Brad Park and Phil Esposito are coming to Boston Sports & Music this August and September. As we prepare for Cheevers, we are offering up two limited edition autographed authentic CCM jerseys, Cup 1970 and Cup 72. Both are available for just $3.49 each. Or get yourself a black autographed JSA authenticated and inscribed custom jersey for just $75. Or the mask 16 by 22 special edition JSA photo display for 95 Land an authentic CCM autographed Brad Park inscribed jersey for $349 or a white style Bobby or GNR authenticated flying gold jersey for just $329. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page. Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Sports and Music at Gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go. <sighs>
2: What's up, Ruins fans? We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and he is from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Please check it out. Follow the Facebook page. Send him an email asking him about his inventory, and I'm sure he'll um, work with you accordingly because he's a great guy. And we, like I said before the break, we buy all our stuff, all our hand-signed jerseys, hand-signed items that are Bruins related from him. So you can um, definitely purchase with trust. So, uh, Heather, we're back. What's up? Let's talk about some goaltending. Maybe.
0: Yeah, we're still talking about goaltending. So before we move on, I'm just gonna say happy birthday to our new apparent starting goaltender, Linus Olmark,
1: 28
0: this week. So, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of what the goaltending situation looks like here in Boston now, happy birthday, sir. Hopefully, you will be successful here to make us warm and fuzzy. I apologize in advance because my other Bruins friends are not always the kindest humans on the planet. And thank you, we got you out of Buffalo, so at least be grateful for that.
2: Exactly, be grateful for that present because.
0: Happy birthday! You're no longer a <laughs> yeah. Buffalo Saber. Exactly. Yeah. Stop doing the noise. stop
2: doing the Carlton dance.
0: You're making almost five mil a year and shit, (laughs) not to be in Buffalo. You're like, it's not unusual to be in love by you.
2: It's not unusual (laughs) to be in love with a dumpster fire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants to get the hell out of there. Exactly. I don't blame. Like, I'm happy that Rasmus Ristalinen has been been rescued. Like, I really love that dude. I'm happy he's been. I don't know if the other Rasmus got rescued yet out of there. His name's pretty fun, though. Oh, my God, I love that dude's name. It's one of my favorite names in hockey today. Okay. All right, let's get into the real nitty-gritty, though, right?
2: This has turned
0: up the goaltending upside down in Boston. We thought it was going to be Vladar with a veteran, right? Yes. And Swayman would play down in Providence. And now we have a situation where Sweeney's saying he's leaving it open for Tuca. Like, whatever. Like, whatever. Whatever. But we now have a someone we're paying to be our starting goaltender. And what do we do about the Jeremy Swayman? I don't know. It's a lot. I know you're the goalie guru. You know I love goaltending. But I want to let you go on this topic for a little. It's just a lot me kicking around here.
2: Very interesting scenario that we're going to be running into in just a couple months when the season starts uh, and, and even sooner in training camp to see how all this works out. So obviously, Tuka Rask had surgery. Not sure on successful or not. Heard Don Sweeney say that he's doing okay. Uh, this, so the recovery is going to be a long time. We're looking at approximately February for the uh, return of a possible Tuka Rask. I know some people just love to hear that. But anyway, um, it's just a very interesting situation for Jeremy Swayman. And uh, Sam Minton uh, wrote a very interesting article about that on blackandgoldhockey.com recently. And, um, you know, and and what Don Sweeney particularly said that in his press conference, that the Bruins have flexibility to move him up levels and down levels. So that tells me that we're going down the path of. Allmark and swayman to start the year and then when rask is healthy if he's healthy that there's going to be a a potential signing at that time because if it hasn't happened yet that's what we're going towards unless it's going to be a a signing at the beginning of the season um but i believe you have till a certain time a date that you have to be signed by or whatever so that could that could happen or they just want to go precautiously and, and with, with the cap space that they have. Bruins only have a little over a million dollars in cap space. So they're definitely not bringing back Tuka Rask right now. If they hold that million dollar, they can bring him back at a league minimum. So that's a possibility. And it'll be prorated, obviously, because of the games that he'll get in. Um, but I think it's just as remains to be seen what happens with his recovery, and then we'll go from there. What I don't like about the idea is I'm a huge swimming fan. Love goaltenders; they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barely goaltender Absolutely. here, uh, D- Division C champion. Just, just saying.
0: Hey, I can uh, attest you are a goaltender <laughs> through and through, my friend. Barely <laughs> champ or <are> not,
2: <laughs> but um, um, yeah, very interesting for Jeremy Swaiman because he's. You know, if Tuukka Rask comes back and they feel that they want to go with an Allmark and Rask friggin' uh, playoff scenario for and, and the remaining of the season, then Jeremy's got that flexibility that Don Sweeney mentioned of going down a level. So I don't think that's very fair to, to Jeremy. I mean, seriously, what? And another scenario you got to think about too is what if Jeremy and Allmark are absolutely killing it? Mm. Do the Boston Bruins walk away from Tuukka Rask and even entertaining a, a return? If they're not doing good, they could seriously start talking about, we might need this guy. I mean, who knows?
0: Yeah. that. I think that's what bothers me about this scenario the most is probably um, what I feel most for Swayman, okay? Tuke isn't being replaced. He's having a major surgery. He's a goaltender. You're going to be out most of the year. It only makes sense you have to go and pay good money to get a goaltender that is ready made to play developmentally, it scares me with Swayman. If they do split them, so he'll still have a good amount of playing time. Okay, great. But like you said, so what happens, just because Tuka's Tuka, if he's healthy, we're going to pay him a million dollars to come back to play for playoffs and then bury Jeremy Swayman or make him, you know, one of the black aces. That seems kind of unfair too, right? Uh, so, I don't know, this feels more like as much as, again, I hear Don Sweeney like, we're leaving the door open, and whatever Donny swaying, we're keeping the door open. It really means, sorry, Tukes, you just got upended. We got all marked till Swayman's ready to be the next guy. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the, like, we... You know I hate hammering on Tuca unnecessarily, but there is the argument of, like, the, him being there all the time, right? Like, he always... Once a year, we have a thing. This year happens to be an injury, okay, that's keeping him up. Uh, But is he worth – is it worth it? Like you said, especially if this tandem's killing it, is it worth even exploring? I don't know. I just – I'm concerned about Jeremy Swayman's development because now he's going to be – if you're the number two, you're stuck in that weird, you're not really playing kind of situation. It's like the argument in high school of would you rather be full-time JV or – Every now and then varsity just because you get the different jacket. Like doesn't it doesn't make more sense to always be playing. I think he could benefit for one solid year, but we don't really have the money to go out and get a backup to Allmark. And you can't pay five million, almost five million dollars to someone to be someone else's backup. So it is a very interesting situation to me. Um, this could be I I don't want to say it, but this could be the last we saw. It. I understand there's a lot of people out there who will be happy to hear what I'm about to say. I'm concerned this might have been the last time we saw Tuka Rask. It makes more sense to me that we'd see Krejci and a Bruins jersey again than Tuka Rask in a yep. Bruins jersey, just yep. because of the positional play of it all. I almost and, and, feel like we're more fucked now. Yeah. Like what's well, the question?
2: Especially with the with the uh free agent moves that he made in the signings. You know you bring in Allmark, you bring him in at four years the writings on the wall right there that they're you know want to go a little younger and but but you know um in that same tone get the experience in allmark so um yeah i I'm totally on board with what you're thinking it's unfortunate it really is that your franchise goaltender that set absolute unbelievable records here for the past fourteen fifteen years whatever you know won a Stanley Cup as a backup whatever I, one of my favorite goaltenders of all time in Boston Bruins history. I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. I'm a huge fan. Mean,
0: let's be honest in NHL history, Mark. Not yeah, just in yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, the save percentage and in, in, in leading that way is is you know is is so good. If he's not leading, he's in second. But mm-hmm. regardless of of the numbers, you know, he's a he was a good pro. Uh, players liked him. Seemed like management liked him. I just think that at this time of his of his uh career you know it might be time to move on and if whether that be on another team go back to europe and play for you know a pro team in finland who knows but you know i just i don't know the the, the way don sweeney aggressively attacked this situation in the crease uh this summer and this off season just makes me say that the organization might be this might be the, the the one that says Let's let's move on. We got, you know, it was still a business here. We still have to build up our our developing core and so on. But um, it's going to be an interesting, interesting conversation when February comes around, because number one, you're going to have the the biggest decision of is, is he going to be able to play? And do you want him back? And the other thing is, um, which I I, I lost it. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say.
0: I don't know, but probably have to do with all mark and swimming. What are you going to do?
2: No, I had, I had something on my mind that I just, I can't remember. I'm sorry.
0: The sad thing to me is like, it's like, we're losing Tuca for nothing. He got injured. And just as things go, he's now been edged out. You know what I mean? Like crazy, yep. not coming back was a choice. Crazy is making for the best thing for him. Tuka Rask. I mean, on one hand, what can we fucking do? Like you said, it's a business. Like, Don Sweeney has to keep... Like, we can't have no goaltender hoping Tuka will be perfectly fine. We don't know if he'll be perfectly fine, given his age and whatnot. And in the same way, Vladar, Vladar ended up... And Swayman upended Halak a little bit. Like, you know, pulling yeah. in Lomar and having Swayman hot on your heels really... an ultimate. In an ideal world, it would be Tuka and Swayman as the tandem, right? But we don't have that. We have an injured yeah. Tuka. We have a Swayman who is now going to be in a weird developmental position. And we just paid some other dude to be our goaltender, $5 million for the next four years. I, I don't know. It's such yeah. a weird thing. But I am concerned about Jeremy Swayman's development. Not because we don't have good goaltending coaches, but, like, again, developmentally, would it be better? I mean, we can't very well have him be the starting goaltender, you know what I mean? And then yeah. pay someone to be his five million dollar backup—that seems ridiculous. Although it would be very Bruins-like to pay your starting goaltender like a million, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand or whatever, a million, whatever the heck his contract is—I can't remember off the top of my head—and then pay your backup four million. But I don't know. I just—I think it puts us in a very interesting situation. It's going to be different without Tuca. Yeah. Even just having a base point of what our goaltending should look like. And that being said, like we I'm still concerned about defense in that manner because at least when you have a Venza caliber goaltender, if your defense is a little weak, they're the guys that come up with the spectacular plays. And I have nothing against Allmark and Swayman, who I think are two goaltenders, but I hope between the two of you you're too karask and i hope swayman can continue to develop being our next two Rask. you know? Yep. I don't know just me i don't swear that was long-winded who who knows yeah. this team's insane it's been a long week as a bruins fan it's nice yes, to finally it talk, <laughs> talk out loud about it um so oh god back to crazy frink um <laughs> just, so now that david Krejci is going back to the czech republic I'm freaking out about our second line center. Well, is I don't D- think so. yeah. So my question is, do we have a major downgrade and are we going to have to struggle? Like you can't really have your second line sign. there be a struggle the way we let left D be a struggle last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are your thoughts on this before I, I,
2: talk this? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't think we have it in the system. I definitely don't believe Jack Sunique is a seemingly easy fit right in there. I don't believe that. I believe that there's probably going to be some upward movement in the lineup if Jack Sunique is going to play. He's going to play a, a lower role, possibly third line. Um, it's going to be interesting what, what what it's going to do. We talked earlier that Nick Felino could possibly play that. Could Eric Hall play that? I know for, uh, Thomas Noshek is probably not going to be – your second line center, but um, that's something that's still, it's, it's, it, you know, it's more, it's so new that it's becoming the biggest problem on this, uh, on this team right now is who's actually going to come in and, and take the job uh, remains to be seen, but should be interesting.
0: Yeah. I feel the same way you feel about Jack Sednicka. I like him just fine, but he could barely stay in the lineup last year. And I, not being a jerk, but David Krejci's big friggin' skates to fill. Anybody's second-line center that's been around as long as he has in an organization. Those with the experience and just the... I mean, Krejci is our quiet leader, you know? He's not the flashy one. He's not whatever. But uh, Jack Nika, and I, I, it's just all week been driving me nuts. That's what everyone's been going to. Like, Jack nika is not ready to be the second-line center. Do we take our chances with Charlie Coyle, who I also don't think is a second line center, but if he can be back more towards like Bruins Charlie Coyle than wild Charlie Coyle, I might be able to mull it along. But I keep falling back on an elite wing like Taylor Hall needs another elite person on their line. Because the whole reason, part of the reason, it's, he hasn't said it, but we can all assume that Taylor Hall has been so comfortable in Boston, is he doesn't have to be Taylor fucking Hall in Boston. He does, but he gets to be Taylor Hall next to David Krejci on the second line behind Bergeron, Marshawn, and the, he's not the superstar, even in Buffalo, right? It was like Eichel, but then the minute Eichel got hurt, now you're back to being the guy. You're not even a really – you've only been a member of this team for 12 weeks, like, you know. So that concerns me, and with that, I lean more towards – I think I would be more comfortable trying out Nick Felino at second-line center. Just with this, his experience, his star power, and what he has – I don't think Jackson Nika is the center for a Taylor Hall. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just, I, I hate saying that because I do love Jackson Nika, but like this suddenly. He's a I work in like
2: progress. Like, He's a work I in progress.
0: panicked about that idea of how we value maybe as Bruins fans some of our prospects slash, you know, moving from prospect to are you going to make it or break it more than their actual on ice value might be worth, right? So although we love Jack Nika, on any other planet, he is not a second-line center. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. he's just not.
2: He might he but, might get there sooner or later, but not right now.
0: Right. And where, like, um, Holla and that uh, St- they uh, mostly play wing. Nick Felino has bounced a little in his career. He usually plays wing. But just, I think, experience-wise would probably be better to slot there. Maybe... We put Stanika on the third line or whatever instead and have him play with these wings. Um, But all I can think is, God damn, we spent all this time with no wingers for the second line. And now we have wingers probably for the second line and no solid second line center. So I don't know. I lean towards Foligno or Coyle over Stanika all day long. At the same time, I'm not saying I rule out Stanika now being the new Charlie Coyle. Like, you know, on the fourth one. That's just me. Oh god, it's now I'm getting anxious thinking about it. There's still too many unknowns. This damn yeah, team.
1: I no wish shit. I could just
0: feel good about my shit rolling into any season. But <sighs> I guess we'll see what the young kids can do, right? Because development camp starts tomorrow at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. Uh it will be Monday through Friday. They have uh they released the schedule. You can go and see it if you just Google it, but uh, Monday, there seems to be two groups at 10.45 and 11.45. I don't know. Is it open, Mark? Do you know if it's open to the public like it normally is? I, I don't think know. It's
2: I, I, don't I, think. Reach, I reached out to the PR, Bruins PR, to get media credentials, and they said that they weren't even sure about protocols yet, and they'd get back to me, and they didn't get back to me. So, so um, I guess,
0: guys, look at Warrior Ice Arena. If it's open,
2: if you if you hear this before Monday or or sometimes during the week and you do want to go down, check it and see if it's open to the public and it is free and you can actually go, but make sure you check first us because um, these things are subject to change.
0: Yeah. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, they're breaking them into full group defensemen off, my, off offense. Sorry. Forwards. I scrolled past my thing. That, so that's for a few days they're also making them go to an event like a community event which i think is good i think that's the way to kind of judge how they are in those off ice situations at the Willie ori ice skating i mean uh street, street hockey, hockey rink sorry i don't know why i said ice skating rink i know it's a street hockey rink uh and then they'll finish out with two sessions on friday uh well it's Really one big session, 10 to 12, but who knows? I don't know what the protocols are. They might
2: usually not. usually at the development camp, the last day is a scrimmage day.
0: Yeah, so there's two hours of that, 10 to 12 on Friday. Um, yeah, and most of the week, it's there's three groups, but somewhere around 10-ish or 11-ish, and then another group an hour later and the other group. Uh, it's divided up, it seems, a little weird, probably because of COVID protocols, just to not have them.
2: Yeah, the um the Bruins camp roster is forwards Johnny Beecher, Riley Duran, Parker Ford, who's a camp invite, Andre Gasso, Tyler Gratton, camp invite, Curtis Hall, Brett Harrison, Matthew Copperood, camp invite, Trevor Kuntar, Reed Lebster, camp invite, Mark McLaughlin, camp invite, Benjamin Myers, camp invite, Quinn Olson, Jake Smaltz, and Alex Olivier Voyer. He's a camp invite because he's technically contracted with the Providence Bruins. Uh, defenseman Ty Gallagher, J.D. Greenway, Jordan Greenway's brother, camp invite, Mason Langenbrunner, Mason Lowry, Brady Lyle, Anton Malmstrom, camp invite, Ryan Mast, Dustin McFall, Travis Mitchell, camp invite, and Brandon Scallon. Camp invite goaltenders. This is very interesting. Kyle Kaiser, not a shock there. Zach uh, Steg- call I can't say that name, and Keith Petrizelli. Keith Petrozelli is a former third-round pick from the Detroit Red Wings, and he is a camp invite. So is that Zachary Stedskull. So um, the interesting one about Keith Petrizelli is he's a uh, mass native. Wrote an article about him on uh, BlackAndGoHockey.com because I think that they're still exploring the goaltending depth of this organization. And Keith Petrozelli could sign a, uh, a pro deal with the East Coast Hockey League Maine Mariners or the um, the Providence Bruins. Who knows? But uh, he's definitely going to be um, on display to show his skills for a future contract. And um, I think it's a good deal. I think it's a great invite. Uh, And and another possible piece to increase that goaltending depth.
0: I don't know what I forgot to write it down, but everyone kept saying, like, why is LaSalle not there or whatever? And he um, one of our draft picks from this. Oh, my Yeah. Right. So he had um, this some other commitment that was already going on or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I forgot to write down the reason, but they had said why he wasn't coming to camp. It's not like a punishment or they didn't want him there. It was some right. other commitment thing that he had. I've just seen that online a little bit. Um, well, I was.
2: Normally, normally these development camps happen late June, early July, not in August. This is a totally different thing because everything got booted out uh, due to the COVID crap. So. Uh, yeah. So commitments are, are made elsewhere because of the, the, the uh, different time frame.
0: the development camps, usually the week after the draft.
2: Yes. Yes. Cause
0: everyone's it usually at the draft and they're already yep. in North America or whatever.
2: Yep. Yes. And you can yeah. get them all together as soon as possible. So
0: now I've gone to a few development camps or training camps with you. Um, I think that, uh, development camp is always fun to see the young kids, uh, not against, uh, the veteran type people or people with experience. Although I do think it's awesome watching the free for all that happens when you see who gets invited to the main camp and just that's when you really see the discrepancies or maybe the strengths that might give people the advantage. This one surprised me going with you a few times. Now, I don't know if that just means our prospect pool is so dwindled down that we don't have, I mean, you're only a prospect up to a certain age, right? Or right. a seasons, I guess, is probably more based on like that. I, but
2: for me, in my in my you no know, unprofessional scouting freaking, you know, terms, a prospect is only uh, a, a player that's on a three year entry level or an entry level deal. Yeah. After that, yeah. when they sign a two way deal, you're pretty much a contracted NHL.
0: Right. And, but what my thing is, and I don't know if you thought this to be true. There were a lot of camp invites this year.
2: Yeah. got to round round out there's the roster, not, you know?
0: Yeah. There's not a lot. So that shows like either our prospects are getting too old to really need to come to this and they'll be invited to regular yeah. great ruins training camp. The people who are on Providence or whatnot. But I was actually surprised about how many invites there were like, they don't know. I mean, half of the camp is invites.
2: There, there are a lot of invites year to year. Not as quite as many as as this year, but mm. yeah. I mean, you have graduating prospects. Like, like um, I, I was actually shocked that Jeremy Swayman wasn't involved in this because of his short tenure as a as a Boston Bruins signed player um, and coming out of University of Maine. So uh, that's kind of shocking. But he's also been involved in 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 so many development camps previously too so that might you know play uh, a heavy role in that too Um, but it's a good way to get some of these kids that are invited um, some looks for the future because if they're available after they're done in college or wherever they go that they might be able to come back and and be a contracted player at some level of the Bruins organization
0: that's exactly what happened with Swayman right we saw Uh, him and then
2: no he was he well, we saw him scouts yeah. saw him out in the uh u s h l and so on, and then they picked yeah. they draft him from there, but he was you know obviously he was a a, a development camp invite i mean um uh attendee, not an invite yeah. um camp invites that have worked out i don't remember i don't remember any of them actually. All
0: right. um, I was actually going to ask you, do you think there's more invites this year just because scouting has been so messed up for the last two years the- that maybe this is a way to like kids that kind of names are out there, but you're not no. quite sure.
2: Valid, valid, valid point, Heather. Absolutely valid point. But for me, it's more or less just uh, rounding off the roster. I mean, you basically want to have like a, a scrimmage at the end of this. So you want to fill those uh, those positions accordingly and have – four lines of, you know, of players that you can work with. And, and, you know, that's pretty much how they how they work. And then, obviously, before then, like day one, two, and three, there'll be split sessions and so on where defense go out and just forwards. And then there's a mix, you know. So we'll see what happens.
0: There. Um, all right. Well, that's development camp. I can't go this year. So, I can't so, either. Uh, I usually get at least a day or two. But maybe during regular camp, depending on what co- – COVID protocols if, it, are or if
2: it was a if it was a regular year, I'd be there as a medium member. But yep. this is in August, and all the plans get shifted and and protocols, whatever. So uh, it kind of sucks that we're not going to be there.
0: Well, I normally go as Mark's sidekick while he's be there being a media member. Only now I can probably maybe get media membership, but I don't all know right. if I want that pressure. Sometimes I like just being that quiet person sitting there. Everyone's like, "Who's that person?" I don't know. <laughs> Some fucking chick sitting there watching this practice. Uh, and make little notes, but that's that. Okay. Uh, our old friend PJ Axelson, who is the European scouting coordinator, uh, top dog for checking out the kids in Europe for us, uh, gave a little press conference talking about the three European players, uh, that were drafted this year in the league. I, I, NH, uh, the Bruins tweeted it out and it's probably on their site. If you didn't get to see it, uh, I liked it because it gives you a little more insight to why maybe he suggested these and stuff. Did you get a chance to watch it? I did
2: not get a chance to see it. So explain, please.
0: Okay. So anyways, he was just giving a little bit of background. I didn't take a lot of notes on it or anything. I figured if people really care, um, everyone has a different tolerance level of how much they care. Maybe people don't care because they just got drafted or whatever, but... Just go back to Bruins.com or whatever, or NHL Bruins slash Bruins, and you can find it there. But had some high praise for some of these kids. Uh, But anyways, it gives you a little more insight to what their scouting department saw that they thought. Um, I trust in P.J. Axelson, so I don't – once they get to North America, maybe they haven't always panned out the best, but I don't think it's from lack of our European scouts headed up by P.J. Axelson not trying to get – the best of the best, and who more to know what kind of Sweeney and them are looking for than a former Bruin who has been in the club? Because even though the construction or the culture might change, the same backbone elements of being a Boston Bruin have not changed very much in the last almost 100 years. So,
2: right, yes no, absolutely, so
0: everyone go check that out. Um, okay, so now that Kraichi is gone, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I guess you're going to have to go listen to this on YouTube and watch it on YouTube if you want to see me tearing up. Who do you think gets the A on their sweater? I only have one right answer.
2: Charlie McAvoy.
0: No, that wasn't my answer, but I wouldn't be that mad if that happened. Yeah. I was going to go with Brandon
2: Carlo, but. Oh, no, that's, on the that's a good one. No, we agree. Yep. yep. Um, and Brandon has worn the A before in, in an absence of somebody. So.
0: I don't think McAvoy's getting it until he's captain. Like I don't no. think he's getting an A. I think McAvoy gets the C at some point, and we go from there. Um, but yeah, it's weird. I guess I just wanted to put this on there to think about. Like, wow, like now Brandon Carlo is one of our veterans. Now it's like scary to think the kids grow up so fast. But um. Just interesting to think. You know, Marshawn's going to have one. Obviously, Bergeron's going to keep his C. But do you think there's any dark horse candidates for the A? Oh, uh, McAvoy or Carlo makes sense. Or even Grizz might make a little bit of sense. Felino. Maybe. It's possible. It's true. For um, him, only not been a captain for the last week.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Taylor Hall, if he wanted it. I don't know if he's that type of player or anything like that, but um, I was actually
0: thinking Craig Smith because he really yeah, has. You know chemistry what? wise seemed to have shaken it yeah. up here on the Bruins. and
2: Totally forgot about Craig.
0: He's been kind of growing, like pulling us along with his Craig Smith, like better yeah. than even Craig Smith probably thought Craig Smith was. Like, oh shit, kid, look it's at that. It's a me. nice,
2: let me say, let me say that the Craig Smith addition to this Boston Bruins team is a nice addition to um, creating a little bit of um, separation between we don't have enough right wingers and now we have somebody that we can lean on until we can develop or or, or properly uh, insert another right winger into this organization. So good I things. I definitely think
0: he earned his slot too. Oh, sure. Being on that line. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. He's like a natural Bruin. He's just got, like, the charisma. I, yeah, yeah, he does. I judge it by how they raise their arms when they score a goal. That tells me all I need to know about a player. <laughs> like, is this... No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, just something interesting to bring up. Crazy's not here. Oh, God, I'm going to get through this podcast without actually fucking crying. Oh, my God. God. I swear to God. I'm, I haven't even said the F-bomb that much. It's just now I'm getting anxious, and then I'll start swearing. But, anyways, all right. So, we'll go with McAvoy or... Uh, Carlo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Why not?
0: All right. Well, let's switch to the ladies for a minute because let's not forget the Boston Boston ladies, our favorite girls in town. Ladies representing defending Isabel Cup champions will defend start their quest to defend the Isabel Cup on November 6th. Versus the Minnesota Whitecaps, who are also a badass team. Uh, They're all badasses. I love this league. There's only six. They are small, but they are mighty. They are growing. If you are not on board with the Boston Pride, go and follow them. The rest of the schedule hasn't been released yet, but they have the opening weekend schedule up. Between the six teams, uh, also to work, they're expanding. I think they're going into Montreal in the next year or two, too. Oh, so.
2: shit.
1: I thought and I heard I, that not too. positive, but, I okay. but I've heard
0: the rumors, so I will see if that's a- exact official. But I know that that's been like part of the push is to try and maybe expand to Montreal uh, and give them the seven teams, but. Toronto Six had a great first season. Obviously it was a weird bubble year or whatever, but uh rookies they came out, they were the number one seed once they got back to that bubble to play off or whatever. And um, I don't know. They also had their first international draft, so each team drafted a lady from abroad, uh Therefore, trying to grow the sport internationally. I mean, there are badass women hockey players everywhere. But as always, I remain biased to the North American women because it's just in my blood. Uh, but yeah, so Isabel Cop, I'm excited. I Can't wait to wear my Boston Pride scarf that I got from Mother's Day. And nice. uh, go get your get your pride merchandise. Make sure that you have it book saved. Don't just follow the Boston Bruins. If you are truly a hockey fan, get tickets. They play right at the Warrior Ice Arena. Yes. Um, it's going to be awesome. I definitely know I'm getting to a game this year because I did not get to get to yep. a game in the last few years. We're, we're going to go
2: to a game and then we're going to hit the rail stop right next door for some dinner and drinks. So it's great. a fantastic night out to support the ladies of Boston. And um, I'm excited to, to see this. Watch these ladies on Twitch too. They have a freaking, they have a free Twitch channel that you get to see these games on. And, and we've seen the Isabel Cup on NBC. Hopefully, these guy, these ladies, sorry, will get more attention uh, nationally with um, with uh, you know USA or some of these new uh, partners that the NHL is working with now, uh, which starts next season. So uh, good stuff. I love Boston hockey, no matter what gender.
0: Yeah, and these girls are, I mean, they've won more championships in the last few years than the boys have. That's for yes. sure. Um, also, too, I don't think they'd be offended if you said you guys, because that's a Boston thing to call. Everyone. I know. Guys, you guys, guys, guys. I know, but in I want to show York respect. In the South, it's y'all. It's just a colloquial. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but go Boston Pride. Support them. If you are not following them, I don't know why. You yes. are definitely freaking slacking. So, okay, moving on from that.
2: Yeah, speaking of slacking, Jesus Christ. What in the... Okay, so
0: (laughs) I do try to only keep it Bruins only. I I know, Mark, it's not because he's against the rest of the NHL. It's just for our purposes, and my brain goes down the NHL rabbit hole very easily. This guy is just a drama train. This is one I could not not add. I just, I know that's like a triple negative. I don't know what the fuck that was, but again, (sighs) I'm sorry. Two hours, I've been sipping the whiskey, so... What in the fuck is going on with Evander Kane? So his wife posts like this shit about like glad you're on a European vacation. Why our bank? Okay, we all know Evander Kane may or may not have a severe gambling issue. Okay, his wife has now gone, accused him of being a deadbeat father. Apparently, they're getting divorced. I didn't know that until I saw Evander Kane's tweet this morning. They're getting divorced. She's pregnant. They have a one-year-old. He's got gambling issues. He's in Europe. The bank's taking the house. That's just a summary of what, again, I am all for like everyone gets to have their side of the story and let it all pan out. But if we just go by the social media, then today he responds with my wife is unwell. She's almost my ex. I have never neglected my child. I've never gambled because she accused him. This is the big like why I brought this topic up of gambling. Not just on NHL games, but specifically, potentially throwing San Jose Shark games. Yeah. So before we get into it, I do have to say I fucking hate Evander Kane. He's a dick, okay? He's an all right talent, but like I have fucking hated him. Atlanta, wherever he goes, I hate him, okay? He's not a good human being to me, at least what I've seen from his actions, on and off the ice at times. Okay. That being said, many people do like Evander Kane, and he is like many people have spoken in his defense. Gambling addiction is real. So I don't want to tear him apart because of this dude. But like the wife is posting pictures of like gambling for dummies. She's thrown Gary Batman under the fucking bus. She's thrown the sharks under the bus. Everybody and their mother. And Evander Kane tweets out not a few hours ago about how it's fucking lies and like she's bitter and she's mentally ill and I've never neglected my children, my child and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what it is, but this is fucking huge. This allegation about him betting on NHL games. In context, I've never seen anything that would make me to think that he was throwing his own games or anything like that. I definitely see clear signs of a man with a gambling addiction since he had to file bankruptcy and he gets paid like a bazillion dollars a year from the San Jose Sharks. He's so far in debt, he has to play for four seasons to have the money kind of thing. What do you think about this craziness? Because if this is true, like if it gets found out he was doing that, and again, I am absolutely not saying he did, okay? Yes, I absolutely think he shows all signs of being a gambling addict, but I have not seen any signs that would make me think, fuck, is he throwing it? I'm thinking, I'm a baseball fan, Mark. I know you're not, but all and me and anybody, Pete Rose, Pete Rose, that's all I could think. This dude was yep. banned forever. He wasn't even proven to have bet on his own team, or like he definitely wasn't betting, but because he was betting on baseball, what in the fuck? And of course, Batman and them are like, these are serious allegations. We're going to open up an investigation.
2: Okay. All right. So, you somebody gambles and is accused of this and that well (laughs) you come out nhl.com comes out whatever they send out a tweet and blah 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 but you know with all that shit that happened in chicago so many years ago uh um 2010 where's where's your tweet where's your information about that investigation i don't know i mean that was 10 or 11 years ago now Mm -hmm. i don't i don't get this i don't get the nhl sometimes and really all Batman
0: said about that was, we were unaware of this, the Chicago incident, I'm saying. Okay. We were unaware until this came out, and now we're going to let the Blackhawks do an investigation. No, there should be an independent investigation because they are a franchise under this 32 team branch called the NHL. Yeah. But this should go Wait,
2: Way to say you don't want to get fucking involved, Gary Batman. Way to exactly. say. Exactly.
0: But if what she's saying is true, divorces can get very messy. We know people who have been divorced. Luckily, neither of us have been legally married, so we've never had to go through that. <laughs> and we've had the same life partners for over 20 years. So exactly. we're good. Married, legally married or not, right? Our, our spouses are our spouses. But we've all known people who got divorced. We've seen people get divorced around us. Some of our friends and people we know may have been divorced married and divorced three or four times in the same time that we have been together with our people. Um, but these are some serious allegations, child neglect, yeah. gambling abuse, this and that. And your wife might be mentally unstable. She also might be a pregnant lady who has not a fucking one year old and a husband who's a gambling addict and isn't visiting. Yeah. People can get bitter in divorce, so I'm not saying I believe all her side. I'm not saying I'm believing any side, okay? The facts are the facts, though. This is big fucking news. If Evander Kane, if the allegations are true, again, I have not and with my own eyes. I think Evander Kane's a dick, and I'd be the first one to find a reason to get him out of this league, okay? This is crazy for the NHL. You got the Blackhawks. You got this. Like, how many fucking new scandals do we need in one off season? Well, I, the Blackhawks things to be fair, has been brewing over the spring and into the summer. Uh, yep. They just, the other week, released, I think the week before, released actual uh, law state uh, legal briefs and shit from the case. But what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this? What are your thoughts? Because this I is kind know. of a big deal. Now it's all over everywhere. It's blowing up on national news and shit.
2: Well, <sighs> it, obviously... It, 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 I kind of feel for the mother and what she has to go through, regardless if there's mental issues and so on. You know, I'm I'm not going to comment on that because I want to be nice about stuff like that because people do suffer from certain things. Um, but what it does for me is it, set, it sets a bad taste uh, in the dollar value when you think about business in the NHL and the NHL working with gambling sites and so on, like like DraftKings and blah blah blah. You know. I think that if if this comes out to be true and so on, the faith in in the uh, in the better uh, might go down, and you might see millions of dollars of losses and so on. I'm probably you know exaggerating a little bit, but it 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 doesn't set a good tone for you know what you want to do for your future as a business and and get people into the league that are cheaters, basically. You know that's that's not good.
0: Yeah um i also think that's a good so like people can have mental health things right uh gambling's an addiction the wife might be maybe she is mentally unwell i mean she wouldn't be the first person trying to raise a one-year-old and having an estranged husband and getting ready to have another baby that might not be a little stress to the point of their, you know we're only humans you know and uh robin Leonard had posted something early in the day, too, about like, you know, things will come out, you know, but like, just kind of both of theirs, like gambling's an addiction. Maybe she does need mental, you know, but like this don't stick, like basically saying like I was a super shitty husband and father for a while, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, things can be turned around. Um, I think it's an interesting gambling started in this country as the elite, very illegal kind of street thing to do, right? It's also one of the biggest moneymakers in this fucking country. But just like other things, alcohol, marijuana sales, whatever you want, vices, right? That would be considered vices. Like, I also want a Vander Kane, even if I don't particularly care about him as a hockey player or as a person, although he's a big name hockey player, you know? Right. It's an interesting argument with the more gambling gets involved with professional sports, the more... When you have an addiction like this, right? Compul people anybody cigarette I smoke cigarettes, whatever, like compulsive addictions. Are you putting them in the best place, right? So even if Evander kane isn't and I will take his word on it that he is not throwing his own games or anything like that, right? That's what Pete Rose, right? Pete Rose didn't get in trouble for throwing games, he got in trouble just for gambling on them. There was no evidence that he threw a game or right. one of the greatest players ever to play can never go into his own hall of fame. Probably rightfully so. I'm not disagreeing with that. But are we putting players that may have these kind of uh, addictive problems in a weird situation, right? Like, are we going to have to, even if you institute rules you can't bet on your own league, that's not really helping players that might end up with addictions like this. We fight mental health issues. We fight drug addictions. We fight alcoholism. What are we doing to fight this very easy? I mean, especially, I mean, Evander Kane is someone who's going through this in a very public eye. We know he had to file for bankruptcy. We know the Sharks refused to let him out of his contract, even though his contract's basically going to pay for all of that debt or whatever, you know. I don't know. Do you think the NHL, I guess the question is, does the NHL have more responsibility to address things like gambling issues. You never hear an interview without old players talking about playing cards with each other, playing that, you know, going to, especially now there's a team in Vegas. Like it just seems to open up a lot of avenues. I just, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, no, I I completely agree that, you know, you know, something's got to be done. Um, And, you know, the investigation into throwing games would be more, with today's technology they'll 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 figure it out if it's true you know i don't think they would be able to to have you know video evidence back then when pete rose was accused and so on but mm-hmm. you know i i don't know i just don't want to see that happen in in our game um this is one of the reasons why i don't like football because uh, i believe there's a lot of cheating that goes on in there and and the and the uh the um the guy, the what do they call him? The commissioner. He's just such a douche. I can't stand that guy. But well,
0: our friend Maria from Watertown tweeted out earlier: if this was the NHL, people would be calling for Roger Goodell. That's the douchebag. That's yeah. the NHL yeah. commissioner head. And she's right. Like this,
2: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If absolutely. you want
0: to be a billion dollar player, you got to act like a billion dollar player, and there are certain things that don't fly. But my bigger concern too is for Evander King. You know what I mean? Yep. Being in debt, gambling, like that's just as severe as being a drug actor or something like that. Just for like the impact it can have on your family, your livelihood, your whatever. Like agreed. Our players, if it is true, again, I don't know Evanda Kane personally. I have to keep prefacing that. Not because I think any of our listeners think that we are going on a like, hey, we're on a first date basis with these people, but (laughs) I'm not trying to. They are just allegations, you know, just you're innocent until proven guilty. But if you're bankrupt and the bank is taking your house, it ain't that hard to make a line to I have some drug or gambling issues that are going on, right? The cops, that's what they would do. and. I just think as much as we worry about mental health and all these other things, and these are all related to your mental health, maybe the league needs to really start paying more attention to this. Like you said, as it grows into the NHL, as it grows into whatever. Yep. All right. We've wasted enough breath on Evander Kane, but hopefully his wife's okay. Hopefully Evander Kane's okay. And everything else. I won't read this whole thing, but dates to keep an eye on, uh, we know that Bruins training camp is this week, so keep an eye on that. We have our first training camp, I mean our first preseason game on September 25th versus the Washington Capitals. We open up uh, on the 16th versus the, uh, the Dallas Stars, as well as Providence opens up on the 16th of October with a double banner ceremony. I forgot about that because they haven't got to have theirs, right? Uh, yes, these are the important dates. Uh, we're not, there's really kind of in the lull right now. Again, we're just looking at any trades or free agency things that may be happening. Uh, training camps probably open up first, you know, late in the first week of September. Uh, if we see that, we'll definitely add it to our list. Uh, but the biggest dates for us to look as Bruin fans development camp, hopefully we'll get some good feedback on the young kids from that. And, uh, Wondering who our second line center is gonna be, and our we do have 1.8 million if we move people like a lot of people seem to think, and uh this isn't on the agenda, but just as we wrap this up, your thoughts on that. Of do you think there's another big trade? Like, do you think that we're looking for a second line center? A left D. Actually, we could probably use some right D now at this point. Now we have left D. Do you think, Mark, in your heart or hearts, is Sweeney done? Is he gonna move some assets to have more cap space to get someone another big name? What do you think? I,
2: I believe so. And and you know, I hate saying it because uh, I like Jake and everything like that, but Jake DeBrusque is probably a piece that could be used to be uh traded all along with uh Chris Wagner. Um that would free up about a little over five million, close to six, maybe. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, and then you could absolutely address that need at, sen- at second line center if that's what you want to do. Or you use that money for a defense, another defenseman that I don't think we need it right now because I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't want to shit on Don Sweeney signings yet. Cause a lot of people are that saying that they didn't get the defenseman that they should have gotten blah, 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 blah. I want to see what this product on the ice looks like before I have an opinion. To be honest with you, I do oh, yeah. want the I do want the wiggle room of having the ability to acquire somebody if needed.
0: I still hold Moe DeBrusque at the trade deadline as needed. I think we don't know what how this will pan out. Uh, we did sign some pretty solid names, which is something that we don't always do. So that's good. That's hopeful. Yeah. But I do think with the let's face it, Jake DeBrusque they made him a left wing and he cannot be on that right side yeah. it's making it worse for him i think and now we just signed two left wings in nick Felino. you know what i mean that can do the same i am a little worried about right d uh i love connor clifton and all but i'm not sure we have enough depth on the right side like so right. even if you sign someone to providence to give us a little more depth i'd be all right with that uh, but I, I have a feeling that we're not done. Now, it might not be DeBrosco or Wagner or who we think. It sure is shit isn't going to be David Pasternak. I don't know who started that shit. But oh, my God. It, no one is trading the top line. It's just actually crazy to bring it up. So I don't know why you – if we trade David Pasternak, you know what I expect? A half another team to come back on the other side. That's what I expect to come back in assets. Uh, but now I have a feeling there's going to be a big trade coming. And that's the NHL Watch. That's it. That being said, do we have? I think that's it. Is that all we have? That's it. Saying, hey, that's it.
2: Know. I'm going to do the Patreon right now. Go. If you guys want to be eligible to win weekly Boston Bruins prizes and a monthly jersey giveaway, please go to patreon.com slash black and go hockey podcast. YouTube viewers, the information's right there. Uh, sign up. It's $1 per episode. We record four episodes a month. Uh, we might do a couple. Extra, who knows? But it's a very small investment uh, every every month and every every week. Uh, but what we do is we take half of those um, half of the money and we roll it into prizes. So to, to say thank you for your financial support, um, we are giving away this month the middle of the month. We're going to be giving away this Derek Sanderson hand signed jersey from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Bruce Sullivan, the awesome guy that you heard at the mid. At the middle of the show. Um, and this week is the uh, Boston Bruins related prize is going to go to Cody Stevens. Congratulations, Ooh. Cody. Thank you very much for your contributions and so on. We truly appreciate right. it. Um, Do it. Rate, rate, rate and review.
0: Yeah. Well, Derek Sanderson, Jersey. Jesus, can you get much sexier than that? I'm just saying. Uh, so join Patreon. Yeah. Rate and review. Please rate and review. Yeah. Um, Please go share, Um, go to blackandgoldhockey.com. All the writers follow all the awesome podcasts. Mark's got his new podcast launched. the Remember the Maples, which if you're from around this area, you may or may not know people who actually played for that team with the storied history that they have here. Uh, Definitely rate and review. Please, please, please rate and review. I don't care. Five-star rating. Inga sucks. That's fine. I'm fine with that. That's Okay. Join Patreon. Will be worth it. Uh, we're gonna definitely once a month. Um, not that any of you are doing for this reason, but uh, Mark, we're gonna make sure that we keep up on it. That at least once a month that we give a shout out to our Patreon members, so yes. everyone uh, knows all of the people. Uh, but yeah, follow me, Inga the Big Mouth. Follow Mark Black and Gold two seven seven. Follow at yep. Black and Gold pod.com oh you know whatever follow all of the stuff there's probably 30 all right things that you could be following Do
1: it. Follow <laughs> all
2: it. right thank you very much everybody for listening retweeting sharing the support has been tremendous we truly appreciate it we will be back for episode three two hundred and thirty nine next week so we're gonna dig up some more news for you some more updates and uh Hopefully bring you a good program. So thanks again for listening. Peace out, everybody.
0: Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud shows, help us keep the Bruins going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter, at blackandgoldpod.
2: Peace out.